and I thought was interesting when the guy was the gunman was yelling at the manager to open the safe. He stopped and he looked at him and says, relax, just give me a break. I'm trying to open the safe. Right. And I'm thinking at this point, oh, my God, he's going to get shot. Like, it's just is the thought of being imperfect, keeping you from taking action. Welcome to Inspired Action for Imperfect Humans. Each week, we give you real-life stories and thought-provoking research that inspires your soul to live a more fulfilled life through your own actions. From the heart of Calgary, Canada, here are your hosts, award-winning coaches, Christopher Lawrence and Kyle Kalou. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Thank you for joining us on Inspired Action for Imperfect Humans, our podcast title that we've been doing for four seasons that Kyle cannot remember. I was waiting for it. I was like, he's kicking this off and I know I'm going to get a jab. You know what I think the problem is, Kyle? I think that it, 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 it's like having a gun to your head. You get, it, you get pressure where you're like, I keep screwing this up. I need to get it right. You know, it's interesting. You just mentioned that about a gun to your head of pressure. I have a, I had a situation that happened. This was, um, this is the first time in my leadership this happened where I was learning. I was at McDonald's, you know, that's where I kind of started at my leadership. I was working with a senior manager at the time. And he was like, he's showing me the ropes uh, to do these things. Now I had the keys, you know what I mean? So I was locking up stuff outside and oh my goodness, I remember walking through the, cause I was outside walking the parameter cause we're about to close. Um, back then McDonald's did close just before midnight. And I, um, I think I could talk about this. I don't, there's an issue here but Girl, anyway you're not going to tell me that you had a gun to your head <laughs> okay hold on hold on hold on so um so i walked in i walked into and i noticed when i was walking through the door everyone from the counter was just moving back right they just start to move back from the counter i thought oh my god did someone spill something because that sometimes happens you put the drink on the counter you know back then you had to do the drink and people move back but what it was is was these two guys and they had a gun and they were robbing the place and so they started to point the gun at uh, my manager, the manager at the time, right? And then I saw with the manager, and of course I blanked out a little bit. I don't even know where we're going with this podcast, but guys, just hold on. And so, um, and then I saw when the manager- Dude, I'm in, I'm in me, shock right now. And then they pointed at me, the, the guy, the manager starts coming over to me. And then they start to look at me and I'm thinking, what? But what was happening was at the time is I had the keys. So when the guy was saying, open the drawer, open the drawers, I had the keys to all the drawers, right? So he was saying, I need to get the keys from him to open the drawer. So fair enough, they went through it. Now, I, I don't know. I was in shock. I gave the keys. I was just standing there. We had employees. We had customers on the floor. And after he got the money from the uh, the cash the the cash drawer, he then demanded for the the safe to be open. So we had to go to the back. So here, myself and uh, the guy went to the back. Now he wanted all the employees, all the people to the back. So we all went to the back by the safe, and he started to open. He was trying to open the safe, and he had the gun at the manager's head, right? And then he kept saying, "Hurry, hurry!" And we were just like, some of us in shock, some was crying, some were just like they didn't know what to do. And I thought it was interesting when the guy was the gunman was yelling at the manager to open the safe. He stopped and he looked at him and says, relax, just give me a break. I'm trying to open the safe. Right. And I'm thinking at this point, oh, my God, he's going to get shot. Like, it's just it's going to play out like you see in the movie. But it was something about that that he just said, 
guys, relax. I'm going to open it. You already got the money from the drawer. I'm going to give you the money. for. I don't care. It's not my money. I'll give it to you. Just give me a moment. It's a combination. You having a gun to my head. And you know what? He really controlled that narrative in that moment because the gunman's like, okay. And he just stepped back a little bit. And I just thought, even in that moment, he just said, let's just bring the level down. Let's just calm it down. So of course the guy got the monies, even took the loonies and stuff, right? And quarters. I'm thinking who's robbing a place and taking the coins. But anyway, desperate times. And then he put us in the walk-in. There's a, there's a walk-in cooler, right? So that's where we keep all the other like lettuce and cheese and milk and all that stuff. So <laughs> we were brought into the cooler and Christopher, we were terrified. We were, emotions were all over the place. And the managers just turned to us as we were being locked into this cooler. He said, listen, guys, relax. We're all okay. Look, they got the money. They're going to leave. Let's just relax. We're going to be okay. Now, I don't know if that was true, but I believed him. <laughs> In that moment, I believed him. And you, you know, can just feel a sense of calm. No kidding. You know, it's interesting. I So I was actually held up at knife point uh, just walking down the street. So people want to know where we live, but these did not happen in the same cities, right? Right, right. yeah. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was held up at knife point just walking down the street, but I didn't have anybody. And it's amazing how when you're in a high stress moment, mm -hmm. like for me, I was kind of looking, it's like, can I run? Can I run? Because I knew like I was very slight and I'm like, I'm not going to be able to to, to uh, beat the, like, I'm not going to be able to fight these guys. Like, that's not going to happen, right? Was They're it both one twice guy, my two side. Guy? Two okay. guys, yep. And you yeah. were just and walking? So I was just walking away from the C train station. Okay. And they, uh, they yeah, they ran up behind me and kind of uh, held me at knife point and kind of took some of the items I had on me. And it was really interesting because I, um, in hindsight, I could see where they were flexing a bit and testing their own bravery mm -hmm. with it. Mm -hmm. But I only know that now because of how much I study human behavior. Right, right. And I think a lot about what happened to my own mind in that moment. And I think that when people are stressed out, they think that they'll, it's like, well, I would do this if that happened. I would do that if that happened. And it's like, let me tell you something. Yeah. If you got a knife or a right. gun in your back, you do not know what you're going to do. Like, I, I'll just tell you that much, but I think about it a lot. Like I think about if this was to happen again in my life, what would I do? Right. Would I be compliant or would I not? And, and I just don't like, I don't know the answer. Right. Like I, I think mm -hmm. it would be different if it was a gun versus a knife. I was looking for a place to run. Um, right. But because there were two of them and it, it was interesting, I don't even know if they knew that they were doing it. One stayed behind me the whole time, but the other one was always in my line of sight. So wherever I looked, he'd stand in front. So I realized in hindsight, it was a psychological barrier. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, don't go there. Don't go there. Right. right? It's right. almost like defensive driving, which is another really stressful right. situation. Yeah. In defensive driving, they often... Um, kind of point their finger and it's like it's like look over there look over there yeah. right yeah and yeah. so it's it's kind of a you know instead of like at the thing that you're heading towards so i think yeah. it's a really interesting kind of thing about how our brains um manage in extreme stress oh yeah because like i said even in that uh gunpoint thing some people were crying some people were numb some people you couldn't see anything some people were just you know confused some people do you, just what do you remember about yourself point? I think I was just taking it all in. 
you know, in, in all honesty, because like I said, I see, I remember a lot of the movements. I know what we debriefed after, but in that moment, I was really taken on in, but I was really drawn to the, the level of confidence the senior manager had, right? Like in that moment, he really command and control the situation, even if it may have been perceived that he had no control. He did for the fact that him to turn around and say to that person, you know, there. And interesting enough, the senior, like the, the store manager was there at the time. Like she came on um, a little bit later. So she happened to be there. And of course you expect that she was going to take more control. She didn't, right? You know, she wasn't like, even though she is the most out, yep. the most rank person there in that moment, she was the quietest. She was like stunned. Like we had to call her a couple of times. I have to say, Hey, go this, Hey, come here, go do like, you could tell, like, it's just, so to your point, you actually don't know. And sometimes it's not even your title, right? There's times that people will step up, right. Uh, and sure. to be able to do that. Now, here's what's interesting about that situation. So although we went through that and all that stuff, we, they did end up catching the robbers. Cause I know some people may be wondering like what happened. They didn't um, catch mine to my knowledge. They didn't. They, didn't, okay. ne they never so, came back to me to tell me they did, but I suspect they didn't. So yeah. Yeah. So they did this guy, the same group of guys, just a couple minutes down the road, went to hold up another KFC. Now that owner was a little bit smarter. They had cameras, silent alarms, they had everything. So by the time they got out of the KFC, they, they got them. So that's where they were hitting. Now, Christopher, we had to go to court. Okay. And both the senior manager and I had to testify. And they brought us into this room before we had to testify in court and they showed us some pictures, right? And they said, well, can you pick out the guys and blah, blah, blah. Cause at this point we hadn't, we didn't do a lineup. We didn't, we had to pick out these pictures. So I picked out two people who I thought it was. And again, the senior manager, he picked out two people who we thought it was now him and I couldn't see each other. So he, you know, I had to go first, then he would go after me. So he wasn't in the courtroom. Now, because I testified, I could stay in the courtroom. So I did. So I testified, I pointed the guys and they didn't ask me much, any questions outside of just pointing at the guys and what do I remember happening? Plain and simple, right? So the senior manager now comes in and he's testifying. He talks in great details, great assurance, almost to the point where he's like upset that I can't believe this even happened, right? And so the, the defense lawyer came and said, could you point out of the two guys? And so he pointed, he goes, those two guys sitting right there next to you, right? And he said, well, that's interesting. And he calls his name. He says, the two pictures that you picked out are not these guys. Oh my God, Christopher, the guy said, listen, I don't care what that is. It wasn't two eight by 10 that robbed me. It was those two guys that robbed me. Right? <laughs> the entire court burst out in laughter. And That's the judge like, funny. he was like, That's true though, tell? because people, I mean, if people are like, well, it's, it's a very poor defense actually, because I mean, mm -hmm. girl, how many times when you're on mm -hmm. Tinder, do you see somebody's oh. photo <laughs> and then you go meet them and it's like, this is not whose picture this is. I like, don't even know how to spell girl, that. Name. I look at my own <laughs> photos and I'm like, geez, I look better than I do in real person. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, a, it was an interesting reflection. And I think the guy, the defense was so stunned that everyone started to laugh that the judge had to like hit his thing. And he's like, okay, order, just hang order, on. Yeah, just, yeah. Right? You know what I mean? And the, the, you could tell the defense lawyer was so stunned. He had to say, 
um, I have no further question. And so the prosecution then comes back and says, can I ask you some additional questions, right? But because that's really what it is, because how powerful that is, right? When the guy's like, I don't know what to tell you. It wasn't two eight by 10 that robbed me. It was those two guys, right? So it just uh, yeah. makes, like for him, his clarity in focus was astonishing. And so I never will forget that, that, that lesson that day um, and days prior to that, just how he handled himself, right? Just how clear he was, how- I talk about sure my, my, my friend, Sarah, this was, this was kind of her dad, right? So it's like, it's like he had a high amount of stoicism uh, when mm. it came to work stuff and family stuff. And it was just like, you know, they're Muslim and they're, uh, oh, what's the phrase? I can't remember what it is, but there's a phrase that ba basically says, whatever will be, will be. Right. Mm -hmm. So, uh, alhamdulillah, I can't remember. We, I know we have some Muslim listeners, so maybe they can yeah. help me um, say that phrase. But basically, it's like, um, uh, basically, it means whatever it will be, will be. Coming from a third world country and seeing some of the horrendous things that he saw, workplace stress literally had no effect on him. It just, he's just like, whatever. It, you know, like when you see people like literally being, killed or shot or whatever you know it's just like whatever's going to be is going to be right so i think it all comes from like your own bias i i think if we bring this back to some of the workplace stuff kyle like i think this is such a really cool story and it leads into some of this thing about stress in the workplace and what happens so so i think i've got two things that i want to talk about here if that's okay one is yeah. kind of long-term brain changes so there is evidence that chronic and persistent stress may actually re rewire your brain and cause ongoing inflammation so this is super important this comes from dr wrestler this is out of harvard okay um harvard health so scientists have learned that animals that experience prolonged stress have less activity in the parts of their drain uh, sorry, parts of their brain that handle higher order tasks, for example, prefrontal cortex. So if you're yeah. under high stress and then you don't know why you keep forgetting things, why you're making poor decisions, why you're, yeah. you know, risk taking is all messed up or whatever, it's because you're under chronic stress. Um, and, and so basically it's kind of like if, and, and, and what you end up activating more often in that stress is your amygdala, right? So this is kind of like if you only worked out your arms in the gym, but you didn't work out your chest or back, you would have monkey right. arms, but you'd have this tiny little concave okay. chest. I actually yeah. saw this at the gym yeah. once. So it yeah. brings a visual where this guy, like, honestly, he, he, yeah. he had massive biceps, it. but he never it. worked out his chest at all. And it was like that yeah. he, he looked so weird. Right. So mm -hmm. poor guy. Right. But he looked good with a shirt on, uh, you know, now, now with that said, could that be the same stress and negativity? Cause you find that sometimes negativity, are... but okay. But here's the thing. Okay. I, I want to mm -hmm. be really careful. Negativity yeah. it is a form of stress. Stress. It is a form of stress, but it's important yeah. to remember mm -hmm. that negativity is not all bad. And I think that we right. do live in a world that says negativity is all bad. I don't think negativity is all bad. I think it's what it's about the recognition of the negativity and not avoiding it. And then, and then, and then um, sitting with it and being okay with it and, and maybe even taking an action on it, but not necessarily where yeah. negativity becomes a problem is that it can turn into ruminating and ruminating is often because there's something that's unresolved. And then typically when we're ruminating, instead of sitting in it, we want to avoid it. So then we just get it stuck kind of almost in a neurofeedback exactly. loop. So, sure. so right. it's, it's really important that people um, differentiate those things. So, so 
um, they do suspect that these changes in the brain are reversible, but it can be more difficult to reverse than others. So this means that some people will be more prone to stress uh, and staying in that chronic stress. So those of us who have had uh, stressful childhood experiences uh, will often take on more of a toll in developing the brain in that chronic stress pattern. So it's not that it's undoable, but it just takes a little bit more work for those of us that have had that. Um, one of the things that's attached to this actually is about how well you can remember it. And so for mm. me, that's really problematic because it's like, I remember like specific details about my childhood. Mm. And, and yeah. they say, even if it's not, you know, even if your brain is filling in the gap and it's not accurate, it's still, it's just the way your brain's wired. So, so interesting. So the other part of this is that um, there, uh, not all stress is created equal. So this is what Dr. Ressler says. It's a tough question because stress is a broad term that's right. used to describe a lot of different things. The stress you might experience before you take a test is very likely different than the stress of being involved in a car accident or from a prolonged illness. But they can say that more stress is likely worse and long-term stress is generally worse than short-term stress. So here's some additional factors that might be more harmful. If stress is unpredictable, then, then that will um, create uh, a, a more harmful effect on the brain. If someone can anticipate stress that's less damaging than stress that appears to be random. Yeah, this is why it... some people um, have what we call like an adjustment disorder. Right. So basically it's like people who have a hard time with last minute change. Mm -hmm. It's actually because th their brains are wired mm -hmm. in a stress state. Mm -hmm. They're wired in a stress state already. And so when we add more unpredictable stress, even if it's a small change, they have a really hard time adjusting to it. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the other thing too, is when people go to the workplace and they're like, I have a colleague or a leader who are like, oh, I wonder what he's going to blow up about today. I wonder what she's going to complain about. Right. That unpredictableness, right. Where they're like, they know like something's going to happen to some degree, or they may not know when it's going to happen, which is cause could be also stressful. Right. Um, until you get to a point where they just snap. Right. Agreed. So there's, uh, there's another factor. Uh, if there's no time limit on the stress. So like if you're stressed out about a presentation or an upcoming exam, that mm -hmm. has a point where you know it will get relief. Right. Yeah. But if the stress has no end point, so like yeah. if you're constantly stressed about finances or dealing with um, mm -hmm. people at work, mm -hmm. that makes it harder. Uh, which is why I think it's important that people put their own end date on things. Like yeah. I'm going to leave this job or I'm going to go in and I'm going to rip the bandaid off of this coworker yeah. who is moderately abusive and say, you're not going to treat me that way. So if you mm -hmm. need to fire me or if you need to punch me in the face, let's get this over with. Right. But the idea is, the idea is to actually get through stress. Um, and, and uh, if people don't feel supported during stress, um, lack of support will make it chronically worse. Yeah, so, so I think if, you know, when I think about um, 
the inspired action for this week, just based off our situation that we were talking about of, you know, cause those were stressful situations. These are sometimes chaotic moments that happens, you know, in our work or in our home is what I'm hearing is we need to be mindful that one, you know, what type of stress is happening? Am I even stressed? Right. Cause as you know, with me, most of my stress, I feel physically, right. There's things totally. where I start complaining about headaches and my body and you're like, are you stressed about something? And usually it's in those moments where I'm like, what would I be stressed about? And then I do that awareness piece. And I'm like, right, this has been stressful all week. So in, in another Harvard uh, health article, Kyle, they suggest five things about kind of getting stress under control. Let's hear um, it. And this is the name of the game. Mm -hmm. um, so, so this article, by the way, because people are going to want to see it, it's called, um, protect your brain from stress. Stress management may reduce health problems linked to stress, which include cognitive problems and a higher risk for Alzheimer's disease and dementia. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so it's, they're really connecting it to that inflammation piece. So um, the first thing is establishing some control over your situation. Situation. So having a routine is good for development and health um, and certainly re removing some of those stresses, stressors that are unnecessary. We talk about this a lot as business owners. We talk about it a lot in the workplace um, as well. Getting a good night's sleep. So stress can result in uh, sleep difficulties. So focusing on ways that you can get help helpful sleep will uh will help i had that this morning i woke up had a bad sleep i went right back to bed i adjusted yes. my day right Perfect. uh getting organized so so ha having having lists um knowing what's in your day making sure that you're booking time in your day with nothing that you can just do whatever you want with is really key a uh, strategic leader does a lot with this as well just yeah. in terms of like um buffer days and that kind of thing mm -hmm. and um uh, getting help if you need it. So, so whether it's a psychologist or, or something else uh, to help reduce stress and then changing your attitude towards stress. So there's an interesting quote, right? A life without stress would not only be impossible, but also would likely be pretty uninteresting. Uh, in fact, a certain degree of stress is helpful for growth. So, and this is from Dr. Ressler. So uh, rather than striving for no stress, strive for healthier responses to stress. Right. So when stress Absolutely. comes, finding new ways to respond to it. Even that last piece that you just mentioned, as I look back at that situation I experienced, and, and I'm not sure if that's the same for you uh, with the knife incident as well. I, you know, I learned a lot in that night, you know, and Same. a few things after. Learned, learned a lot a about lot. myself and people. Absolutely. Right. Just how I responded to it. Right. To know that I made it out. Right. So I can accomplish certain things. I can get out of those things. It's possible. So not everything is doom and gloom. Right. Because sometimes when someone sees a gun or a situation, they think everyone's dead. And again, there's been experiences where that has happened. Um, however, in my leadership, right, what type of leader I want to be more uh, about, which is, you know, like this other senior manager, he was concerned about himself as well as other people. Right. That like he really wanted to say, okay, let these guys move out. Right. Those are some of the other details that I mentioned. He's like, let them all come back over here. Right. And even offer it. Why don't, because we knew that we can get out of the cooler. So that was his suggestion. Of, Why don't we just go all in the cooler? That way we could lock it and then no one's going to do anything. And so he did that to allow us, because we know once we're in the cooler and we showed him how to lock it, there's a release. Once you hit that release, the door opens. Right. So we knew that would be okay. But the guy who robbed the place didn't know. Right. So mm -hmm. we wanted him to feel safe 
that he can get away, so to speak, right? Because what's more important for us to take him down or for us to survive this piece? Yeah, so, the money is irrelevant. Yeah, absolutely. The stuff I had was irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this yeah. is great. I love those five things. So guys, for... Um, you know, for folks listening to us right now, thank you again, always for your support. You know, if this is something that you struggle with, or you know, someone who does share this podcast, let us know, let us know if we miss something, or there's some additional things that you do to manage your stress. Because again, sharing is definitely caring, because we all would experience stress at some level, either at work with our friends with our relationships. And the more we know, the better it is. We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining. It's our goal to build a global community of inspired action takers. And we can only do that with your help. So if you love inspired action, please leave a review on your favorite podcasting app and share us on your socials. You've heard from us. Now we want to hear from you. Go to inspiredactionpodcast.ca and tell us what is the inspired action you took this week. Next week on Inspired Action for Imperfect Humans. And the other thing too is when we talk about challenge, and I'll tell you from my experience, when a leader hears you want to be challenged without definition or specificity or you being really clear on it, it says to them, you want more work.